Hello, we're here at the Big 5G event, and I'm Phil Harvey, Editor-in-Chief of Light Reading, and joining me is my old colleague and dear friend, Mari Sylvie <laughs> from US Ignite. And Mari, I completely forget your title, as I do every time. Uh, you know, there's, there's no, titles mean nothing these days. <laughs> they tell you nothing about what a person actually does. Okay. So for US Ignite, I'm the Senior Director of Partnerships and Outreach, but more okay. importantly, from the perspective of this conversation, I am the Program Director for the Platforms for Advanced Wireless Research Program, so POWER, P-A-W-R. I'm glad you spelled it out because if I say POWER, everybody assumes yes. my Texas accent. I'm meaning electricity, but yeah. we're actually meaning uh, uh, you know, testing wireless capabilities in quasi real world situations so that, uh, so that we can learn more about how it, how it applies uh, to either government uh, government use or industrial stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so in, in this show, uh, the big 5G event, there's been a pretty big focus on Open RAN and, and, and a little bit of chatter about the, um, the technical limitations or sort of where we might, you know, <laughs> where we might run into technical limitations or, or, uh, or practical limitations of Open RAN. Um, is that something that the power program is looking at and what are researchers sort of digging into there? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Phil. Okay. <laughs> um, so the focus particularly of the first two power test beds, and just to kind of set the stage for people who don't remember, this is a $50 million investment by the National Science Foundation matched by roughly $50 million in in-kind contributions from industry partners. So very okay. much meant to marry uh, industry research interests and assets with what the research community is looking to do. Uh -huh. Um, so we have, we have four wireless test beds, three are operational today, and all of them have some component of being programmable network infrastructures that people can really come in and play with certain levers that are not available in the commercial you know, production networks that are out there today. Even if they could get access, for example, to a, a major carrier network, mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to make the adjustments right. um, that you could make in a truly software-defined, virtualized, programmable network. So that was one of the major ideas behind creating these test beds. Um, so with that in mind, what I will say, and I'll, I'll kind of focus here on um, our platform in Salt Lake City, which is, okay. is Powder. And one of the things that they have done is built up what I consider not just the physical infrastructure, but also the, the digital infrastructure. Oh, okay. Which means that in addition to putting out the software-defined radios that are out there, um, they've also been working with the, the software stacks that need to work with that software, those software-defined radios, um, to make it possible to do the types of research uh, in open RAN, for example, okay. um, that wouldn't be possible just using you know existing commercial equipment and commercial um, uh, software that's out right. there. So, which is not in any way a denigration, by the way, on the commercial equipment because we are strong partners with folks like Ericsson as well right. to do other types of uh, research and to you know they certainly have an interest in open RAN as mm. well. Yeah. But in particular, the idea is. Give, give people a sandbox, again, in this sort of real world environment, right. that lets them come, tinker, 
play with different levers, um, and and that means everything again from from the hardware to back in. You know, we hear a lot about the RAND Intelligent Controller, the yeah. RIC, right? So the ability to um, to be able to test out different equipment or different, you know, your software DU or your um, or your uh, open radio unit mm -hmm. tests that out with the um, you know with the with different sort. Uh, software orchestration, management orchestration uh, stacks that are out there. So, okay. I was a little bit rambly, but well, you, no, you kind of get the I, idea. I get the idea, yeah, because, I mean, what people need to know, I think, from our audience is that, you know, there, there's, there's all of this uh, sort of uh, conjecture around different, uh, different combinations of technologies for Open RAN that's both one of its strengths and one of its weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you guys have already set up program in place, and, and people should know there's a program in place right. to go and put that to, to, to the test, and also add those variabilities that everybody's so worried about, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a more or less real world scenario, so they can uh, find out what the technology does, and also, you know, what does it really work with, and, and you know, where the, where the interoperability uh, gaps mm -hmm. are. What I, the way I also like to think about it is there's, there's not a private sector model for this in right. the sense that if you want uh, on-demand compute or you want on-demand storage, you can go to AWS or any of the other cloud providers. Sure. If you want an actual radio environment that you can come and use those resources, reserve them, use them for a period of time and then walk away, that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what these are. If you want to, if you want to have a simple analogy, that's a little bit how I think about what these networks can provide. That's that that works. Um, another thing at the show, a big theme is, uh, you know, is is the path to 6G or sort of where we go beyond 5G. Um, does the power program sort of have anything uh, happening where you're looking beyond the current? you know, deployed capabilities of today's wireless network? Because they are research platforms, they were never specifically targeted at, say, 5G. Okay. Meaning that they are meant to put all the, the pieces out there that people can combine them, advance them, develop them in different ways, whether it's for what comes standard in 5G or what comes next. It's, again, it's to give everybody the tools in the toolbox to build what they need to whether it's 5G or next in 6G. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, like there's, there's some very interesting avenues of research that are happening. One being what you can do in terms of spectrum monitoring, sensing, and sharing. Okay. And that is something that the, the test beds are, are well equipped to support. One of the things that everybody's trying to do is bring in more sort of AI and ML into the loop to make sure that networks can optimize better for different environments right. without a human having to constantly you know, turn levers or whatever. Well, to do that, you need a lot of data about how networks operate in different types of environments. And so data sets are a really big opportunity to produce, to feed into these new AI and ML engines okay. that are going to decide how to orchestrate how, an, how a, a, a network is performing in real time. Um, okay. And one sort of side addition to that is that our, our test bed down in, um, in North Carolina, AirPaw, okay. has, is also focused on uh, unmanned aerial vehicles for uh, wireless communications, drones, or, yes, yeah, UAVs, okay. or layperson's terms, drones. Phew, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a layperson, yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about no, it. No, me too, me too. <laughs> um, but the, you know, one of the things they can do is start to map 
air to ground in 3D space, if you're putting radios on drones, what does that do? You know, let's you know get collect as much data as possible about right. you know um, doing channel sounding, seeing how the, that uh, that spectrum performs, how the topography changes, all right. of those things. Collect those data sets to be able to inform these AI and ML engines to be able to get the, the networks then to know right. and make those decisions very quickly instead of having to bring in you know, a human over long time periods of increments, long time increments. That is interesting. What, um, when and where do we find out more about like the, the types of things they're learning or the data that they're, uh, that the, date, well, the data sets that they're gathering and how, how they're applied and that sort of thing? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, that we're, we're fairly early in these spaces. Okay. Um, however, there are programs that are specifically being spun up to dedicate to those types of things. So for example, the National Science Foundation started a program called the National Radio Dynamic Zones, which I always called NRDZ, and apparently was literally and deliberately called nerds, <laughs> um, just in case you were wondering. That's cute. It's, That's yep. just... Uh, a few things are that the government does are adorable, but that that, it's, that it's counts. A little bit adorable. Yeah, it's sure. A little bit adorable. And <laughs> part of the part of the goal with that is to is to figure out again, try to get some of these propagation models. Okay. Uh, to get the data to inform some of these propagation models, um, as one example. So you'll start, you know, that that then you know goes to you know the researchers that come to get to get uh, money to be able to do that research is one piece, and then there's going to determine you know, where that stuff gets published, how it gets standardized. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of pieces to it, but that work has begun. Fantastic, you want to gossip about your former boss? Uh, Joe Cochan. <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed him the other day. Oh, good. Oh, good. He, he okay. has a new job now. You've probably heard. He does. He <laughs> um, does. It, it, it is is this? Uh, you know, it, I only um, I only bring it up because it a lot of what he said sounds like things you've said in the past about you know uh, public private partnerships and kind of the need for uh, industry to seek these things out and really embrace them. And I was just thinking it might be good for our readers or you know to hear how they can get involved with US Ignite or where, you know, or why, you know, they should look at programs like US Ignite and, and maybe be, a, uh, if they're not already involved, you know, be curious about them. Yeah, so. We won't, we won't gossip specifically about Joe, but oh, just I was, maybe see, I was actually going to do that now. Well, I was going to gossip I mean, specifically about Joe. We could. Uh, no, um, <laughs> but not surprisingly, I mean, we worked together for a certain number of years, so we sure. have some, some similar viewpoints. I think the, the key thing to focus on, on his, you know, his new role and why it's important um, is because there are a lot of people that are working hard and a lot of people that are very smart who still only know pieces of what's happening like we're, we are making things so complicated all of a sudden from a technology standpoint we're bringing you know computing in with uh with you know radio technology that's a whole sort of new converged domain of science right yeah, yeah. Um, in addition now you have different um federal agencies who are interested in you know what they can possibly use the spectrum for and right. what do they need it for so you've got all of these sort of government players mm -hmm. in addition lots of quasi-government players you get into the lobbying and regulating side um, there's just, there's so much complexity. And then there's also the, this gets, you know, the domain expertise, the talent side is, yeah. is huge. So the point being, there's a, there are smart people doing very important work, but we can't let them all do that work in different silos. Yeah. So the power program, you know, is, these are meant to be shared 
national infrastructure assets. That, right. That's what we want them to be. And as much as possible, whether it's through things like the National Spectrum Consortium, um, whether it's you know combining with uh, testbed programs, the more we can bring these everybody together to solve these problems, and that means industry, it means government, it means the communities that they affect, mm -hmm. the talent that they are trying to enable, that's how we're going to solve the problems, and it's just too complex to keep in a silo. Well, there we go. No more silos, bringing everybody together, and I'm going to go get lunch. Uh, Mari, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Thanks, Phil.